Hello and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Matthias. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were created in a secret underground lab to replace the original Matthias and Jarvis because we're actually clones. However, we're not doing a good job of uh, replacing the originals because we never write. Mm-hmm, exactly. So we are issuing a challenge. Each week you sit down. For 30 minutes, your goal is to write a complete short story using three of four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, and if we've written the story, we read it. We talk about what we learned in writing it. And then always, we talk about stories sent in by you listeners. Exactamundo. We are simply here to help you do the right thing. Doof, doof Media, media Production. Drops and I hate scripts so much. Mm-hmm. We just We just don't do them. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't help that I'm not it's really... really uh, able to read so <laughs> that does really that does make it more difficult so yeah. what we were talking what the reason we mentioned clones is because uh this week's theme is is sequels that's what Sequel we're talking about week. this this week Yay. um for episode 75 that's mm-hmm. a lot of episodes we're t- 25 away from 100 that's i know woo. what are we what are we gonna do for episode 100 it has to be something that like is absolutely left field never been heard of never been seen Maybe like write actually like a like a good story. Oh yeah, <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> that, I mean, you know, that's gonna happen at some point, right? Yeah, I mean, we've been trying for seventy five weeks, still hasn't happened. So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so the what were the words this week, Travis? So the words for this week were feel, food, bubble, and contribution. Yeah. Um, so I. So okay. So so full disclosure. I started writing a story, and I, mm-hmm. I have actually, like, a first draft written, but it is not presentable at all, which is why I'm not reading one right now. Um, okay. I'm thinking of posting it sometime this week, but um, it's a, uh, a sequel to, um, gosh, what was the original words? I don't remember. But it's the story about uh, a uh, this this one young woman is pulling a, a wagon through like a desert um and mm. inside the wagon is um, a, a young brother right? who's yeah. like yeah yeah refuses to uh walk and it makes it very difficult for her and she stops at the town um and they only have water enough for one person but she shares the water uh th- even though the brother doesn't actually is not pulling his weight and then they head to the next town then they die on the way Okay, um, so how did you go about like creating a sequel to that story? I'm guessing it isn't a direct continuation because right. they died. Yeah, the, no. the words I used this week uh, were feel, food, and contribution. Okay, not bubble. Not bubble. Uh, there wasn't any bubbles this week. Uh, instead, I wrote <laughs> about a um, a band of of soldiers uh, and they're like running away from an unknown sort of threat, um, and they have to leave one of them behind because he's not. He's like injured, but he's not like as injured as uh he's displaying, I guess. Okay. Um, and yeah, they have to they have to leave him behind, and they they kind of force the issue. Uh, part part of it is that I haven't like quite brought out all the emotions that are supposed to be in in that in that scene. Mm-hmm. But um, th- that decision is pretty difficult, right? Okay, I see. So it's more of a spiritual sequel. It's yeah, not yeah. Like in the same world or dealing with the same characters but it's talking about a very similar subject yeah it's the same it's the same problem uh, but this time they had a different answer okay cool cool i see so like in your process of writing that right um how exactly did you bring over the spirit of uh, the first one because i mean like 
really the whole point of creating a sequel is to take something that is a proven concept and then changing it to either be more in depth or within a different setting or just carrying over that same spirit while also doing something different with it. So how did you kind of go about doing that for this other story? Yeah, so there's there's that core I mean the main thing is that in the original there was that theme that I I you know, I think about a lot sometimes. Um and it's been a while since I wrote that story and mm-hmm. things have changed and I've thought of different things. And so I ended up kind of having a different perspective on it. Um, and I basically, yeah, just wanted to, to update um, the, the written existence of that, of that concept that I, that I think about. Um, so it, it was identifying that, that theme from before, knowing that like I still, that I'm thinking about it now. So it was like a good time for me to go back to that. Yeah. And yeah, exploring that other the the other decision that could have happened. Um like cuz you can picture the same thing in that story, you know, leaving the the brother behind instead of carrying on. Okay, I uh, see. And I mean, honestly, that sort of ending uh I feel is like kind of the purpose of writing a uh sequel, you know, because as as we see with a lot of with a lot of sequels, um, especially if it's like movies or, or such, is done because of the want for more, in a sense. Uh, whether mm-hmm. it is proven to garner more money or if the fans do do want it. But there is a really big there's a really big divide between a successful sequel and something that we would all consider a cash grab. Um, mm-hmm. And the line and the line there is kind of thin, you know, because. I mean, many people didn't like Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, but I would say that that was a that that was a successful sequel because it was taking what we kind of learned about all all of these characters in the first movie and then basically taking it one step further, trying to contradict everything that was set up in the first movie to garner a deeper understanding of this character. I feel that's what a, what a sequel is supposed to do. Yeah, so I, I think it's most questions, and, and especially when you have like a complex character, there's not just one thing to get over. There's multiple things and multiple steps to it and multiple directions for those things to go through. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the, the, the main part of any sequel is basically not just doing the same thing as last time again, but uh, building off of um, and I think a lot of times, it, not necessarily for short stories, I think it was a lot easier for us to uh, go a di- different direction in, in ours because ours are a lot shorter. So it's not like there's a lot to copy, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but if you were writing a novel, I think it's actually probably pretty easy to let yourself fall into the, the same channel that you carved last time, the same sort of structure yeah. um, and kind of just doing it again. Yeah, because I mean, like with with a novel, uh, you've spent so much time coming up with this one way to look at these characters, with this one story, with this one feel. So trying to recreate that magic while also doing something different is very difficult, and it's not a simple task what uh, whatsoever. I mean, as the saying goes, lightning never strikes in the same place twice. Which is a weird saying because in reality, like it does. Like it I does. mean, the saying is yeah. still like a good saying because the it's you know the sentiment. 
you know, sayings uh, as a source for meaning is so so strange to me. I, I know I've talked to you about this, but it's like just because it sounds good, it does not necessarily mean it's true. But yeah. like, it still like is true at the same time. Anyway, yeah, I mean, um, like uh, a, a, uh, another one that is true but is not true is uh, you you can't have your cake and and eat it too because you can. Uh, in fact, that's what every cake birthday party is. That's, that's uh, true. That is the process of having it and then eating it. Yeah. But, you know, like, well, the, yeah. the saying itself is trying to dig deeper uh, than the actual words being used. I think that I guess that's sure. the purpose of a saying, right? Yeah. I, I, the, the thing I just find most interesting is when you just there's two entirely contradictory sayings, but they both sound good. And so like the, the folksy wisdom in each of them like cancels each other out like PEMDAS and you're like wow these are meaningless <laughs> yeah That's good stuff well, uh, well uh, have, have you have you written any sequels Travis uh yes so uh I've done a lot of sequels in uh stories like Weekend City uh in like Psychedelic Wizard or whatever I do call that uh and also in a lot of my personal writings um Honestly, I, I think when it comes to me writing a sequel, I will only do it if there is more that I have to say with that character or um, on that subject. Because really, I love the idea of something being one and done. You know, like, um, let's say uh, Sin City, for instance. I love mm-hmm. the like first movie, no matter how cheesy some might think it is. Which, yeah, it is cheesy, but it's also kind of mm-hmm. making fun of the t- typical noir tropes while also following the typical noir tropes. I so mean, I, yeah, the name of it is Sin, Sin City. City. Exactly. So, I mean, I really, really like that uh, movie. But I feel that the sequel didn't need to be made because there's nothing else that the sequel did that the first one didn't do better. Uh, so, I mean, within my like own writing right uh i uh started writing a quote-unquote sequel to weekend city where um the main character basically goes outside of weekend city to follow a a case or something and pretty much halfway through writing that i realized that i didn't need to to write this and that there was no point in writing Mm. it Right, because nothing within that quote unquote sequel really does anything different or even creates more understanding about this character or mm. brings the audience something that is different and that they can be basically basically interested in. Um, mm. so I just stopped writing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, I, I think it's interesting when we talk about like the kinds of stories that are super recurring by their nature, right? If yeah. you're writing a, if you're writing, you know, the, the Sherlock, right? The the structure is often going to be the same of like there is a mystery, right, to solve. However, the way that that's presented changes a lot of the time. Like it's not always like oh there was a murder scene. Let's like look for clues at the murder scene, and then that leads us to one place, and then see the perpetrator there on the way. It's it's not all law and order, right? Yeah. Um, there's actual <laughs> variation. Uh, Sherlock is yeah. It's, it's supposed to be um, it, it, even though it's the same kind of feeling mm. and like overall story structure. Not not just like the specifics change, but like the structure of the specifics change, um, and the, the 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 questions that are the characters are facing change. Yeah. Um, I know I'm kind of being kind of vague right now with like, you're not actually listing specifics, but. Well, yeah. And I mean, I've, I've read plenty of those uh, stories and I know ex- exactly what you mean. I mean, in a one, 
a, a duke will come with a letter and saying, hey, can you spy on my wife? And then Sherlock's like, sure. And then, of course, you know, there's some sort of crime or or murder but then they mm-hmm. are they are instead of just like talking about what is what is right and a wrong they are they are talking about the strength of women you know mm-hmm. and then like that's thrown in there but then but then in a different one that is this a specific a bit example more... or yeah, are you, or oh okay good i was like this is very specific uh yeah, i i wish i could tell you what the name of it was it's uh, it's uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's uh, favorite uh, Sherlock story, Sherlock and the time that he spied on a Duke's wife. <laughs> that was it. That that was the name of it. Um, Thank you. But yeah, I mean, so like, I think the entire Sherlock series is a really good example of what a sequel is, because even though. It is the exact same format for the most part. The contents of it vary tremendously from mm-hmm. a piece to to piece, which which keeps you reading all of them because within each one you're getting something different. You're like not just like eating oatmeal every day. Some days you have bacon, other days you have eggs, and hey, Tuesday you only have orange juice left, you know, but it is that variety that will maintain your reader base throughout whatever sequel you do choose to write. Okay, so you're, you're saying that uh, just make sure that your audience gets a good balanced breakfast, mm-hmm. balanced all the breakfast. nutrients. Do you know that balanced breakfast is a invention created by Big Cereal? I'm not even kidding. Yes, it is. Uh, it's terrible. Yeah, which is crazy. Uh, a lot of health people say that you shouldn't even, uh, you don't really need breakfast. Right? Yeah, just eat when, eat when you're hungry. That's yeah. what you're supposed to do. Yeah, that is what you're supposed in the to do. That is I what ate cereal body. this morning, and I honestly, I wanted to vomit. I was like, yeah, I, mean, like, I just most, don't want any more. Also, I'm most, good. most uh, cereals just don't really taste that good. You know? I mean, like, yeah. either, either you have bland wheat or super sugar and nothing in the middle. Like, I mean, where- at that point, like, why don't you just, like, get a cup of flour <laughs> right and just start put some just, water in it mix it and then drink yeah it. mix yeah. it yeah drink it and then wash it down with just like straight sugar you know yeah, like and what's guess the what? difference it's the exact same thing nothing just is the cinnamon in there mm-hmm. and there you go which is anyway why, yeah just all you need in the morning is a piece of toast toast water that's it i just need a sugar cube um <laughs> like a horse <laughs> like a horse maybe an apple apple maybe some carrot. uh, carrots yeah Celery. Carrots don't have enough calories. I'm really upset about it, actually, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> Do you know a seven-inch carrot is only 30 calories? What? Really? It's insane. I hate that's it. That's crazy. It's like, why am I even eating this? I mean, I I guess if you're, like, health-conscious and trying to, like, burn Hey, burn you know what calories. else is insane? I know I'm, we're really going off at a tangent, but we got to fill up this time anyway. Yes. <laughs> okay, no. But, are you about to talk uh, about celery? I'm going to talk about radishes. Okay. Radishes are... So I my dad eats radishes. So we have a bag of radishes, and I was making a soup, and I was like, I'm going to just throw stuff in here. Let's. Like, I need to have a thousand and a half uh, calories a day or else I'll die. So, you know, let's actually put some stuff in here. And I look at the radishes, and I'm like, okay, how many radishes do we got to add to, like, actually up this meal? You know how many uh, radishes... Okay, the serving size for the bag of radishes yeah. was seven radishes. Okay, seven wow. whole radishes. Can you guess how many calories seven whole radishes are? Seventy. Ten. Ten just, for seven just radishes. Ten for seven. And I look at the nutritional facts, and nothing is above four percent for seven. <laughs> this is for the entire seven. And so I just like I know wow. there's vitamins and stuff in there, but yeah. like not even fiber. Like, is why? 
why would you take the time to chew this? It doesn't even taste good. <laughs> it doesn't. Wow. It's so... Then you got to swallow it and use peristalsis to make it go down into your stomach. <laughs> and, like, there's resources being expended to burn it there, too. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, wow. eating is so tiring. I'm it just, is. I'm, I'm very over it. But also, it's, it's for, very passe. Uh, for y'all that are trying to lose any weight, uh, eat celery. Celery has negative calories. Does it really? Yeah, because, because basically the amount of calories that you use to actually eat it oversees how many calories celery actually has wow so i terrible yeah so i think it's like negative one calorie for like a a stock of celery which is insane (laughs) have you seen that portlandia bit that skit with a big celery it's good it's a good one (laughs) yeah can we just have it like portlandia podcast when we just go through all of the honestly because we, we i really do that i, I really need I, to like rewatch that show i i stopped after the fifth season although i've heard bad things about fred armerson so that's uh, uh, a downer what'd he do i think he like texted someone that was like or not text texted someone that was like way younger than him like i don't i don't know if she was a minor but like not not a good come on fred. like a, it was a fan too you know oh, anyway okay. yeah yeah it's gross Anyway, uh, writing, sequels. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, uh, Matthias, before we move on, uh, would you want to name one of your favorite sequels? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually be, do some good marketing right here um, and uh, say Marika Magica Rebellion, which we are going to talk about mm-hmm. this month on the bonus content. Ton, $10 pay, patrons. It's for you. Magai Marika Magica Rebellion. It's a, it's a ludicrous movie. Oh, it's um, absolutely bonkers. But at the same time, it is exactly what I wanted from Marika Magica, if that makes sense. Yes. It's all, yeah. Um, I don't quite know exactly what my non-joke answer would be. I mean, there's plenty of, of great sequels that yeah. i can think of but i, I don't mean, know like, about a, a favorite yeah like if you're just listing some uh, most people would say that terminator 2 was oh a well we're, if we're talking movies it gets a lot easier because yeah. that's like it's, it, with with movie sequels you either actually get a hit or it's it's terrible yeah um i haven't seen any of the back to the future sequels i'm just gonna put that out there okay um so if um, anyone wants to make me watch that that you how can, uh, how much did you like the first movie i, I liked it it's good it, it gave me um an existential crisis okay. when I first watched it. Like I was like in a stupor for like three days. Oh wow! But, Just think uh, about time. And- <laughs> but yeah, I got stuck in a grandfather paradox loop, and I couldn't think of anything else. Oh, uh, it was <laughs> oh, actually no. pretty bad. Um, but I'm 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 good now. Also, the Goonies did that, which is really weird because there's no time travel in that one. So, <laughs> well, I mean, the like Goonies is is a really hard uh, commentary. Yeah, I think on like what it means to be young and how it's kind of yeah. this, like false hope. This it, false the, the line the line that did mess me up was it's our time it's our time down here because I, I took it very literally oh no <laughs> and I thought there was a there, I thought like they, they're stuck in a well at that point and mm-hmm. I thought like above the well it's like the future and at the bottom of the well it's, it's the, the past and that's their time and there's something there's some causality I I was a, I had a very overactive imagination. I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was weird. Um, oh. I, I, at, at some point, we should ask. Hey, are, are y'all enjoying this this over commentary? If you if y'all want us to to shut up and focus on the writing stuff, add us. You know, you can you can send us uh, a, yeah. a tweet, an email. 
Um, you can you can comment in the discussion threads, which I've started posting more regularly than before, which was not saying much or, or whatever. Uh, you can just yell it really loud and hopefully we'll hear. Because because the thing I want to balance out is that Jarvis and I, while while we do study writing and we do practice it a bit, right? We are not like actual like real <laughs> experts. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, we. I mean, we, we know a are, bit, but we, we are not. podcasting experts. We know enough to fill one hour, right? And then we I have mean, to retards the, every week. The thing, the thing that I'm, I, I can think this podcast is great for is that it's a, a it has a little community around it, and it's helping y'all right. That's our, that's our most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're really happy that that's happening. Um, and that so many of y'all have joined us and, and there was like three new this week. It was fantastic. I know. It was crazy. Um, yeah, I, I love that. And then there's the other like purpose of the podcast, which is to get people better at writing, which I think practice is, is, you know, makes perfect and, and critiquing stuff is really important. Um, but then it's like, I'm not an actual professor. So it's kind of like, you, you know, I, I don't have a, a, a lesson plan here right yeah i mean really it is a, a question to like what are we at liberty to really speak on because you mm-hmm. know we don't want to speak too overtly and speak in fucking absolutes because uh we don't know <laughs> yeah, like I, I you know i think we have directions correct right yeah. and i i think almost everything we say can be argued to be correct in some sense, but it might not be the most helpful thing to say sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I would love to hear y'all's opinions. And uh, if you guys want us to just hang out more rather than le- more lesson planny, or do the, do the lesson plan theme stuff, but keep it super casual rather than like trying to be teaching stuff. I know this is a really off the cuff like this, the conversation just went this direction rather than like me actually being like uh, on this segment, we're going to go meta and ask <laughs> them how they want us to change the podcast. But yes, I would love to hear y'all's opinions and change the format and our focus accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So please uh, hit up those discussion threads. That That is the place mm-hmm. that you can say anything. You can say, <clears throat> Uh, if we sounded sick this this week, if you liked the uh, stories this this week, if you wish that it, it was <clears> even <throat> longer, that is where you would post those those sort of things because we do read them. Also, if you want to send a secret message to me and not Jarvis, the way to do that would be to send me an email at matthias at doofmedia.com because I'm a professional and I've got uh, an, an email with our company domain in, on it. Well, so. uh, if you want to send me a personal message mm-hmm. that Matthias mm-hmm. cannot read, uh, you can mm-hmm. do that by um And you just like say your your Gmail going like, your... to my Twitter. That's true, you could do that. Yeah. You have DMs open? Uh, always. Uh I oh, good, mega good, good. open. Just surf... You know you could you could just ask for a for the professional for I the mean I could email. but busy school, work hard satire all right uh i think that's all we have to say about sequels today mm-hmm. uh, i think we ran out about 15 minutes ago <laughs> and, but it is prime time to talk about our listener submitted stories okay this part i i do feel confident that i i i think i am good at critique i will say that i think i, th- I will allow myself to think that i i am somewhat qualified to look at a story and identify things that can be changed or that are great in it and you too yeah me too this week's words are by ghost pac-man 4 spiel carter sithril 
Sarah Penguin, Yan Yi Din, and Mabin15. And, of course, as we say every single last week, these stories are going to be spoiled by us. So if you have not gone and read them, you should pause right now, go read them, and then come back so that we can talk about them. Some of you more acute members may have noticed that that was actually six usernames and not five. Mm. And that's because... Uh, there's three whole new people, and we didn't notice that until after we rolled the first five, and we weren't didn't want to just like re-roll the whole thing and didn't try to. It, we just wanted to make sure that every new person like gets their their story on their first yeah. time because I think that's it's really encouraging. Yeah. So um, shout out to y'all three. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. All right. So first up this week is by Sithril with Dead to the Step. So this story, Dead Dead to the Step, is uh, a prequel, actually, to another story that Sithril wrote, which is What's Your Name? And that story uh, has uh, one of the main characters in this one, Yasad Hera, um, having run away from um, her homeland and, and sort of recovering. And so this is uh, right before she has to leave. We have a, a different character. This is our main character, Elsie, or Essie, sorry. Um, who we, we start off and she's taking care of a horse who is like suspicious of everything. We kind of get that as foreshadowing, like uh, clearly there's something wrong um, going on here. Um, we get some exposition and backstory that um, Yasud Hera, who's like, Essie's like her handmaiden, is, or her bow maiden, is basically, as, as I understood, it's sort of like a, a squire sort of thing, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Yasud Hera, who is a, a woman, it, she was one of the like, lower commanders in in this fight um, against some other people but all the other generals uh, at the time died and she assumed control and returned victorious but there was a betrayal because the uh, the Khan's son had taken charge while she was gone and saw her as a threat to power and uh, stripped her of her titles and stuff and so we see that there's this is not a good position for our characters to be in and Essie's like worried for her and we really care see that like she really cares about her and we're you know we're also thinking like are they just friends you know you know mm. you know um and do they know that they're just friends you know <laughs> uh anyway so we have a, a a series of scenes actually this is a, a longer story and Sithra talks about how they you know, went over time a little bit but it's forgivable yeah um so Essie gives uh Yasuhara a a coat um to uh, ride on and she's going to go uh, on a ride around and then while Essie is in um, town she overhears that uh, some men are actually looking for her and kind of surmising that this is like when they're going to try to kill her right she is able to m- make it back in time and, and warn Yasad Hera and um, tell her to run and she runs away and at this point um, we, we, we cut a bit further and Essie is Super sad that she hasn't seen Yas in a very long time, and she's pretty sure that she's dead, that she didn't actually get away, and um, it's very, very sad that she's she feels really alone now. Yeah, I really, really like this one. I mean, personally, I am a sucker for a, uh, a prequel. Um, I am the kind of person that wants to know as much as possible, especially about these uh, main uh, characters. So, uh, so I think that um, Sithril did a really good job at kind of starting from. Um, square one and really focusing a lot on this relationship that like throughout throughout the whole thing we, we can tell that there is this really deep rooted uh, care be, uh, between both of these uh, characters but at the same time I uh, really like how this story really focused a lot on its uh, world building how it uh, brought us back in 
to uh, this world and really focused a lot on not only what is going on with these main characters, but also what the world around them is really going through and uh, showing how that is affecting these main characters. So, I mean, really, this is a really great prequel sequel. And I think by reading this, this uh, makes me want to go back and uh, reread the first entry even more. So really great job. Um, yeah. So I, I think there was a times where the exposition went on um, for either slightly too long or it was it, it, where it, it came off uh, as mostly being exposition rather than like a character driven. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's interesting because like I do see that Essie would be thinking about a lot of these things because she's worried for Yas, right? Um, but a lot of it is like the sort of so you you remember about whatever and then sort of talking about things that she would already have like thought about and wouldn't be rethinking over. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, I, I mean, I can definitely understand that this is like a lot of detail that, you know, you want to get out, uh, conveyed to the reader. Um, I, I think some of it could have been like shown rather than told. Like the fact that people are looking for Yas, I think, w- yeah, that's enough to like inform me a lot about who the, the Khan is and, and the son of the Khan and like how, you know, dastardly he is and, and stuff like that. It, one thing I want to praise is that there's there's times here where like I, the prose really feels like appropriate to the time that I really really like um there's just a general feeling of like this is an older story and these are uh the narration is is telling it from that setting which is sometimes contradicted with some of the characters sometimes sounding a little bit more modern but at other times going the other direction I mean there's a a lot of research done here with like what the appropriate words are for um all the different kinds of uh ways that these these people live because they're nomad raiders um so that they live in like yurts and um, there's a bunch of other words that just feel really, really appropriate. So, mm-hmm. yeah, th- this is uh, there's a lot to talk about here. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, really, by uh, reading this, this like kind of makes me question what is the what is the point, right, of a prequel, right? Because of course the events of it are happening before the main action. So, is it supposed to tell a completely different story leading up to that moment, or is it just supposed to? Uh, provide the the reader with with more context on how to read the uh, first story you know so mm. there are a, a lot of questions that's interesting that yeah I would one thing I liked about this is that um, there's a bit of uh, dramatic irony with the ending is that we see how uh, sad as he is but we also know that Yas is actually alive out there mm. and I think that deepened and made the sadness more complex yeah definitely definitely but uh, thank you very much for submitting your story Sithril uh, and um, up next is by Ghost Pac-Man 4 with Ideal. So in the original story here, um, which is uh, called Idol, which is a nice little, I like the sort of reflection there, mm-hmm. um, where we have a, it's a very interesting story. We, we talked about the last time. This is the one where there was a uh, hero who's actually basically a corpse at this point on top of a like tower. Um, being taken care of by a priestess, but like, um, like they're basically they are a corpse, um, and the purpose is for whenever there's like these giant uh, snow monsters that attack, like city sides, like kaiju, basically, uh, they appear as a um, giant figure of like fire and light, and they fight off the monster. But the hero is not actually this is actually a, a tortured existence for them, and they don't actually have any choice on whether they fight the monster or not, mm-hmm. and. Um, we can get that, like, in the first one, there's the implication that the the hero has started writing 
text on uh, the bodies to sort of like communicate the, of the the suffering that he's in, which is which is a, a great twist. And I, this story ends up uh, changing that implication to go another direction. So in this one, we we focus a lot more on the high priestess taking care of him, and she's like way overly happy to to be a priestess. I, I'm sure she's just not aware of his suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ends up like, you know, clothing him and feeding him. But everything that she does actually just reminds him of the pain that he's in. Um, and he doesn't actually get any help from it, uh, which is this terrible irony. We told, we absolutely understand his like anger at her, but also at the same time, we see that she's like really trying. Um, and there's a chance that she knows and she just puts on the air anyway, because she's like a fool. But on the other side, she could like actually be trying to be kind. But in, in this one, uh, there's a difference. So we really see that he, uh, I mean, he's a corpse that has been sort of tortured for a very long time. So he's already pretty close to death and he, he wants to finally be able to die, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in this this final one, he fights off this uh, the snow monster, but during it, he gets stabbed with this spear. And uh, it's revealed that the spear is actually his one weakness that he actually communicated to the snow monsters in order to tell them how to kill him because he wants them to finally end his ex- existence because he didn't have any, any choice whether or not to fight them. And we get that that's a big twist from the last time where we thought that he was communicating to the people of the city, right? The people he's protecting. But no, it's he was communicating to the uh, enemies. In the last moments, the giant snow monster basically hugs him as the fires finally uh, die out Mm -hmm. so yeah i really love this uh, story i mean i like how much time we spend in this main character's head uh and i mean it's a very weird place where this story is sitting right there's this (laughs) courts person who's also all powerful and just seeing how much how this power is really draining him over time i think uh it was a really great twist ending to where um this all powerful corpse basically ended up dying by his own hand in a sense so yeah i just really think that the the action within this is is very well placed um i think it's only adding on on top of a lot of the world building that that we saw in the previous version but like as you said, it is kind of twisting it, used very well to get us to this totally different ending that we weren't really expecting, or at least it is providing us with another layer to really look at this main character, which I really think is uh, a shining example of, of what a good sequel can really do. So overall, I really like the story. Yeah, I think so too, that um, this is a, a really good, this does what the sequel is supposed to do, kind of put into a different perspective the original meaning i i think actually there's a really i i really like the the theme that ends up coming out here which is sort of like comparing the different kinds of help that someone gets and like one was from someone actually like listening and the other one is just like assuming that they know how to help mm-hmm. um and i yeah i really like that yeah so a uh, really great job ghost pac-man 4 all right so next up is by sarah penguin with click click boom all right so this is a a sequel to a story they wrote um about 24 episodes ago um by about i mean it's exactly that one (laughs) uh it's this really the the original was a really interesting story with um a uh scientist being the last one uh alive um 
uh, and everyone else has been everyone else in the crew has been infected and uh, is about to die. And basically, they are just choosing whether or not to um, end themselves as well, and it's it's really tragic. Um, and in this, we we cut to way later with a uh, squad of uh, soldiers um, landing at the facility to take the research and then blow it up to contain the infection, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so they land, and we get some stuff with the characters, um, and there's some cool, like, showing uh, world-building where we just get the implications of what this sort of universe looks like and, and what are people's focuses. Um, there's a, a lot of references to real-life um you know, science and, 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 and things that already exist, as in, like, they talk about zombies, uh, but they're only talking about, like, the funguses that take control of insects, mm-hmm. right? Um, and there's another talk about how adrenaline makes you so much stronger, that sort of thing. And it's paired with this, you know, really outlandish um, infection that, like, turns you into a monster, right? Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I like that. Um, so the, the, the squad lands, and we get a lot more... There's just some moments of, of character building, uh, and we sort of get the whole vibe like they're all you know they're 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 squatties, right? And uh, there's a slow buildup of, of tension as we uh, encounter all the bodies, and they are partially eaten, and the virtual intelligence uh, that runs the facility is like not actually being helpful at all and almost being misleading. Um, there's you know, blood everywhere uh, until finally um, Doctor uh, Mendez. Uh, falls out of nowhere and uh, kills like two of them right away, infecting another one. And uh, we see that everything is, is gone, has gone to shit. <laughs> and our uh, viewpoint character is actually dying. We don't actually follow the rest of the fight. Um, and so most of it happens off screen where we get the implication that like the explosives are planted, but this zombie of Dr. Mendes is actually as intelligent as a doctor. Um, except she's super strong and has the intent to kill them and eat them. So only one is left and heading toward the exit, but we almost get the implication that like the doctor's just like too smart and something is going to go wrong mm-hmm. for, the, for that too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I really think this is a fantastic uh, sequel. And I mean, like, even though the entire zombies genre is like over-saturated with every single last idea you can possibly think of i think that this story does really good at focusing a lot on its characters and really trying to establish this this like as you said very squatty uh dynamic that that they do have uh and i think that is really what carries us through this a uh, story on top of like really great description of this place uh and also i like as you said really like how they are bringing um a lot of these ideas of like how this zombie operates to uh real life things that we are very familiar with uh, and i think that really kind of uh helps us when it comes to suspending our disbelief going into the story uh and i think the like very last bit is uh fantastic i love how crazy and how horrible it just instantly goes um and i think at the end i have a very strong feeling that that they didn't make it out especially since since Mm -hmm. there's a smart strong zombie chasing them um so yeah overall i I think this is a really great entry i think it perfectly works off of what you set up in the last bit and i really do like the the choice to do a um time jump 
because it kind of mm-hmm. provides uh, what we it provides what was being set up uh, in the beginning with a brand new perspective, and I really appreciated yeah, that. I like going. how it's really different. Um, it, it's using one character but using them in an entirely different mm-hmm. way. Uh, it, the the doctor rather than being this uh, poignant person that's you know contemplating whether or not to, you know to to do this big decision to uh this yeah <laughs> crazed zombie um it makes me wonder what happened the last time because um i think there's sort of an implication but i'm not entirely sure that uh, she so she had two bullets i think um and uh that she like killed the, the the one other zombie that was there but like chained up rather than herself i think is the implication mm-hmm. but that zombie wasn't actually like fully dead either uh, i was not entirely sure it, it's kind of like i sort of wanted to see the aftermath of that decision as like set you know mm-hmm. i see um but n- not that that actually is like matters um <laughs> but yeah the I, I yeah i really like how this is a entirely different feeling from the first one and yet has uh, some echoes of it i really like the touches of the um culture that talks about the void um mm. as a afterlife i think that's really well done yeah yeah so uh perfect sequel and thank you very much for uh submitting this week's sarah penguin um, and up next is Yanni Din with The Right Words. Uh, so this is a fun um, meta store. We have uh, a character, Marvin, who uh, starts off having a very weird thought. Um, <laughs> Two kids wondering. Uh, uh, the, I mean, the first thought is that adding a food service to a bubble tea cafe would contribute to better sales. And yet they, he doesn't have a cafe or any plans to have a bubble tea cafe. Um <laughs> And uh, it's just a, that so that first paragraph is sort of a, a remark on the, the extremely random specific thoughts that we have. And then it goes a, a bit meta where we have our, this character amusing on how they are an author and that they have these random thoughts and how it's like, it, it, maybe it's just the, the creativity. Um, that's, I mean, the, the job is to be creative, but you know, this is not actually like super, even though it's not super useful, it's still worth like writing down and, you know, maybe it'll be a useful thought at some mm-hmm. point. Um, it's all about uh, thinking outside uh, your real life bubble, even if that means thinking about random things that don't have anything to do with your life or um, with the things that you normally think about. Um, and then it ends with uh, Marvin deciding that all, all of these thoughts that he's written down um, should be posted somewhere online. <laughs> um, and he can't figure out why. Mm, interesting. This is a fun little meta twist. I liked it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a really great story to... Um start off with when it comes to uh, doing the the right thing i uh, like how it is very meta and i also relate very well to this character of of marvin of having these kind of outlandish thoughts that are coming from from absolutely nowhere but they're also steeped in this sort of uh creative edge um so yeah i i think that honestly this is a really great um stream of consciousness when it comes to like actually wanting to to write and i found this this piece however short it is very relatable in that way so yeah really great job well all right up next is by spiel carter with 
her contribution. So uh, this is a, a, a story that takes place in this rural village uh, where there's a uh, a fairy fete going on, which is, a, we, as we understand, it's, it's some kind of festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we start off with this character, Ingrid, who has uh, baked a bunch of muffins and, and worked really hard for it. And she's very excited to uh, contribute to the festival and, and raise money for charities. It's what's going on there. Um, and so she sets up her little stand and it's uh, very adorable. And then she walks off. Um, and then we have this other character, um, Ed, who jumps in, who uh, is only focused on getting money for a uh, contest that is, that is happening so that he can impress the girls. Just just the concept of the girls. <laughs> um, no, no one in specific at all. And he, he's kind of like... It just seems like kind of like a, a dick. He's like picking up the the coins that have fallen to the ground oh. at some place, knowing that they probably will go to someone else. Um, but it's not like it doesn't need to go to them. Um, and then in the process, he, he stumbles a bunch of times and kind of knocks over the entire tent. Um, and then in, in the panic, he decides just to get out of there. He picks up the coins. He picks up a muffin and and leaves. And then from a distance, he sees uh, Ingrid come back, see the terrible thing that's happened. Um, and start sobbing because all her muffins on the ground. She wasn't able to help out. And uh, he comes back because it's a girl. He's got to impress the girl by apologizing. <laughs> and he says he's really sorry and gives uh, the money. And we are like, oh, this might be a, like a cute little, you know, they might start liking each other. And, but no, she takes it. She's like, wow, like it, that helps. But like still, what a dick, <laughs> basically. Which is, yeah, it's great. I really like yeah. it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I really like this sort of, situation that is that is being set up here and uh how there are two characters that are predominantly talked about that could not be more different um and i think it fits very well with this sort of light world world building that is being set up uh to kind of give us this situation and yeah i, I think overall i really like uh how we are in this uh character of um ed's head and how his goals are so clear and <laughs> and so honest to really who he is or who he seems to mm-hmm. be uh and i really like how we followed along that 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 line throughout the um story yeah i think it's really well shown that he's just like a self-serving cowardly little little rat yeah boy. <laughs> i mean what like, he is he is picking up coins off of the ground that are to get eight euros that are meant eight pounds, for I think. charity <laughs> like yeah. at the same time i do like how the story itself doesn't comment on that it really lets us come to that conclusion solely through his action uh which i really do like uh and i think the like ending is a uh, very fun it's hilarious how this how this character of, of ed thinks that that is enough that even though he knocked down the mm-hmm. whole thing, he gave her one coin, even though we all know that he has a lot more coins. So, yeah, uh, I just think this... No, he, he gives he gives all the coins, but it's still, like, barely anything. And none of it's, like, his, yeah. right? It's all it's all stuff he just stolen picked coins, up. So. Yeah, so, so he's giving her yeah. stolen property. But, yeah, I, I just really like the, uh, the, like, world building being done here. And I think it really uh sets up this fairly comical situation very well so really great job yeah um so one little critique is that the the transition from ingrid to ed's perspective is a little abrupt and there was a moment where i was confused i I think either adding in some sort of uh like a a signaling paragraph break right you could put an asterisk that kind of thing or um 
there's this tone set up in the very beginning that this is sort of storytelling, right? The, the beginning is once a year, the tiny village of Borage, Borage Green became one of the most exciting places to be in the entire country. So it's very like there's someone telling you the story. Mm-hmm. I think start off um, the sentence where Ed comes in, which is Ed Walters was having one of his less than lucky days. Uh, if you don't have the asterisk paragraph break, uh, have something like over in another place or on the other side of the the village or or some other signal to us that, that we are leaving the area of the story where Ingrid is and now we're going to be talking about Ed. Mm-hmm. I think would be a really good way to transition that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But uh, either way, thank you very much, Spiel Carter. And up next is Mebin15 with Voluntary Acquisition. Uh, so this is an interesting sort of comedic story. <laughs> Uh, we have uh, the Intergalactic Consortium Voluntary Acquisitions Acquisitions Officer Baru Haad, Haad or something like that. I'm not entirely sure on the pronunciation. Who is a uh, sort of bird person, but <laughs> um, in a in a uh, suit um, has just entered a space kraken to uh, meet with the residents of the space kraken uh, and ask them if they want to donate anything to the. Uh, intergalactic consortium voluntary acquisitions. Mm-hmm. I, I I messed up the uh, the order of the words there, but so we're not entirely sure what this organization is. We understand that they take donations and they prefer money or energy, which is like <laughs> it's it's funny to me because it's like you know they go there and we're like oh they're gonna get some like whatever the local like sci-fi you know resource thing is right. It's very bartering. He's like no, just like you know if you can give me a standard currency that would be that would be wonderful <laughs> so Bruhad goes in there we it's, it's a really gross place we're inside a Kraken's stomach and uh, meets the the locals who is you know a appropriately strange alien and they have a little conversation and there's some you know messing around with the the translator it's, it feels off but this thing is extremely excited to donate to the uh commission or consortium and uh, we're not entirely sure why uh, but uh, it hands over a bunch of um, polyfibrous plasma bubbles, uh, which are useful, delicious, and uh, a source of energy <laughs> or, or something. And so our character picks them up and takes them back. And so this is just a, a nice little trip uh, through um, this little story. Uh, I, I, my brain went down a path, and I'm not entirely sure uh, if this is actually like in the text at all. But, uh, you know, these are these little green bubble things. I was like, are these eggs? Are these insect eggs? The, is, is this the alien's eggs and they're going to like actually not be a good thing to have at all? And that's why it's so excited to, to hand them over. But I wasn't sure. I think that might just be an extra uh, twist thing that's not actually in there. But I think it was fun just to think about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this this story is uh, very uh, comical and uh, even um, uncanny. I uh, do like how we start off with this sort of very absurd place. Uh, and it's really a... Uh, a testament to this to this world building being done i mean like within the very first line we are met with this weird person with a very odd name and that they are inside of a space kraken so you're like all right cool we are in this and mm-hmm. then as the story continues we just get more and a more of this sort of like subtle comedic tone that is that is being set up along with the like world building um and then <laughs> And then when he meets this this little alien creature, I really like the uh, moments where they are messing with the uh, sort of translator. It it leaves off in this place to where we're like, oh, okay, <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a cute little yeah. journey. I I liked it, and yeah, I I think the 
setting description is is the most enjoyable part definitely definitely well all right those are all of our stories for this week we wish we could talk about all of them but hey it's already midnight so instead of talking about more let's just go ahead and say thank you to everyone who did submit so thank you very much to sithril thank you ace of sword thank you ghost pac-man 4 thank you sarah penguin thank you yanny den Thank you, Spiel Carter. Thank you, Calinero985. Thank you, Captain Rhino. Thank you, Jarvis Jazz. Thank you, Nick to you. Thank you, Mebin15. And thank you, Vice Versailles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I felt kind of bad. There's so many people that people who uh, this is either their first time writing or they haven't written in a while um, coming back. And I, I wish that I could basically celebrate that for everyone and read all the stories. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for, for joining us. Yeah, this is, it's, it's great to see more people and especially the, the, the comments being exchanged. Oh yeah. It was uh, fantastic. I think th- this week was definitely one of the most comments that we've seen in, uh, quite some time. So, so really great job. And also speaking of comments, let's just go ahead and say thank you to everyone who, uh, posted one or more comments, uh, basically commenting on someone else's story not only helps you understand, uh, what what you can do within your own writing better, but at the same time you're giving someone that crucial feedback that we're all really really looking for when it comes to writing. And the other uh, incredible resources uh, resource that all writers need, which is attention. Mm-hmm. That's what um, we want. <laughs> we, That's why we but, do it. But really, like in knowing that someone has read your story and like you know paid enough enough attention to just say something about it is really really validating. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, thanks so much for for those left comments. Um, do we have a list? Yes, we do. So, thank you very much to Sithril, Sarah Penguin, Yanni Din, Jarby Jazz, Captain Rhino, and Vice Versailles. Thank you so much for leaving comments this week. Yeah, y'all did uh, fantastic. And I know some of you left, like, a lot of comments, mm-hmm. and I really, really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it helps keep this alive. And and if someone left a comment on your story, consider leaving a comment on theirs. And, of course, you know, it doesn't have to be super deep. Just, you know, react to their story and if uh, the author has left in a, uh, a a comment on their own story talking about what they feel uh, after writing it you know use that as a jumping off point yeah definitely if you want to be like all of our wonderful writers and submit a story to do the right thing you can do that by going to slash r slash do the right thing all you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three of four of the words from that week. If you want to find out uh, the words a little bit earlier than than the normal, uh, not having to wait for the episode to be posted, uh, the place to do that would be either to check the subreddit um, or just follow us on Twitter. And then you'll you'll see the announcement as soon as it goes up. Um, the words are supposed to come out on Saturdays. That's not always the case but it's supposed to be. Uh, but yeah, that would be the place to do that. If you have anything you want to let us know, uh, you can, of course, it left, leave a comment in the discussion threads for the episodes or uh, send, send us an email at rightthinkcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And our Twitter is at rightthinkcast. And also, if you want to support us and everything else going on in Doof Media, you can do that by, by donating to the Doof Media Patreon. All you have to do is donate a dollar or more per month and you'll be supporting us and all of the other wonderful podcasts on our network. And if you want to donate a little bit more, let's say $10 per month, you get access to the specialty bonus episode of me and Matthias talking about Madoka Magica. And also in this upcoming week, you will hopefully get another bonus episode of us talking about the Madoka Magica movie. It's probably not gonna. It's not gonna be this week, oh, well, but it'll be like probably the week month, after, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this month for sure. 
uh soon ish yeah i think you still have to schedule one to watch though. um also um just just for the record a decomposing worm is is getting pretty close to ending um it, it, we only have two more episodes left i mean we've had two more episodes left for like a month and it extended for a bit but clarence has finished worm uh and it's a it's a, it's a big deal he, he finished it it's crazy Woo. you guys can can uh, go ahead and add him in the uh decomposing worm channel um i mean only do that for the short while don't if you're listening to this like a month in the future do, don't don't add him but <laughs> right now i mean he'll he'll look eventually if you if you don't add him anyway uh, yeah, he finished Worm, and it's fantastic. And so we're gonna talk about the last, uh, the the last two arcs, and then Worm as a whole in the next overview episode, which is also coming out this week, and not after another two week break. And so it's very exciting. It's nearly, it's nearly over, y'all. Wow, how's it feel doing doing a whole uh, overview of uh, Worm for the second it, time on this does, podcast network? How does it feel finishing a podcast? Yeah, it's a, it's a whole different feeling. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah, so much I, free time. It's just weird. Um, yeah, yeah. Suddenly, uh, uh, not not that it's a burden, but it, you know, it's a it's a lot of work per week. Yeah, uh, we'll be gone, and I don't know how to entirely feel about yeah. that. Maybe a little sad. Aww. Um, well, hey, maybe recovering worm was was really cool. I get to do that yeah. again. And then, hey, maybe uh, you will uh, find another passion project to do another podcast over. That's right. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. So, uh, Matthias, what's going on? What's going on in Doof right now? So, I'm going to be talking about uh, the the Doofcast for just a second here. So, uh, last week, uh, as I mentioned, uh, that very special episode on Legend of Korra season two came out, <laughs> and then this week uh, they're covering The Mist. Um, and then, guess what? Is the the week after Jarvis? What? Guess what? what? The hundredth episode of the Doofcast Whoa. is is uh, in in two weeks on the twenty fifth. Um, which is which is huge. Uh, this I think this is counting from the rebrand from the Daily Planet. So technically, this that kind of show has actually been around for a very very long time, um, longer than a hundred episodes. But this this Doofcast with um, Elliot and Ruben as as part of the team, um, and and us eventually. But you know that being Doof has been around for yeah for for. Uh, 100 episodes, so I'm I'm really excited for that milestone. That's huge. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I also want to add that there has been voting for the uh, deconstructing uh, director series that um, Scott and Matt do, and I think I think, and this is not confirmed. I don't think the vote is closed, but the, the current um, the polls show that Guillermo del Toro is in is in the lead right yes. now, which will be very very exciting. So they're going to cover so uh, every single one of Guillermo del Toro's uh, major films. And uh, talk about how he's developed as a director over time, and I'm I'm super excited because I really like his stuff. Yeah, no, that is fantastic. I I can't wait to like, get to the uh, Shape of Water and just have a field day with that. Um, but yeah, and and then also Hellboy because I don't I that's the Hellboy one that one I don't two. I don't get those movies actually. I'm gonna be honest, I don't I don't get it. What? But the other ones are great. Yep. Yo, I gotta talk to you later about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> fine. 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 Um, so if you like what we do here at Doof Media, you can tra- consider donating a dollar a month or whatever else you can afford. You get all these uh, great perks, like you know, being able to talk to us on the Discord, um, being able to feel like a contributing member of the community, uh, which I got to tell you, I, I, it feels kind of good. I think <laughs> I I don't I didn't experience it in that way, but so from what I've heard, it's cool. Um, and there's all these uh, these wonderful perks like uh, voting in all these uh, voting basically to 
uh, choose different things in in the community and in the directions that we go in. And I think that's very exciting. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, all right. I guess it's time to wrap up this show by announcing next week's words, which are what, Matias? The words for next next week. Yeah. Actually, aren't you're supposed to do it? You you always do it. You always say the words for next I week. I do, but I was trying to switch you up. But okay, I guess well, uh, since I am the king of do the right thing, you know, you know, mm-hmm. and the king's got to mm-hmm. deal with the king's got to do, I'll go ahead and say that. Mm-hmm. Don't, okay. don't you worry. So, did, did you want a drum roll? Yes, please give me a drum roll. All right, hit it. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. So, next week's words are transform, advisor, scan, and bend. And on top of that, our theme for next week is going to be sci-fi. Anything that is science fiction, that can be a rousing space battle, all the way to a godlike machine. Yeah, the, so the, the emphasis that I, I want to go in this direction is not necessarily just like uh, a science fiction-y uh, setting, mm-hmm. uh, like like Star Wars, right? Star Wars is more of a... The, fantasy. A, sci- yeah, science fantasy, where it's more... Uh, based around the sort of like myths it's more of a traditional like character based like that that is the focus of of the story mm-hmm. right now on the other hand so the you know more like literary science fiction or whatever I, you don't actually have to follow any of my rules if you want to write a science fiction story that's literally just like um star trek <laughs> the, the the you know yeah well the the like captain kirk aspect of of star trek not the like new world's aspect of yeah. Star Trek. Um, that's totally valid. Or if you don't even want to write sci-fi at all, of course. Um, but the direction that I'm thinking of is more of like uh, considering, you know, problems and questions that you are facing right now, which can range from like practical problems of like the sort of disconnection that we have right now with uh, from other people where we, you know, I mean, I don't talk to my neighbors, that kind of thing. That's a problem. And you can extend that forward into the future to where like no one talks to anyone and you sort of Im- imagine a scenario like that. Or you can go to more existential stuff of like uh, the meaning of life in a world where um, th- like the, the the question of like knowing whether you exist or not um, viewed through the lens of you know robots, right? That's all always the take you can you can go. Um, so there's a lot of options here. I, I, I think basically looking at a question you already have and then trying to apply a, a sort of exaggerating exaggerated, uh, science fiction or technological scenario that maybe feels possible, I think is a really good way to do that. Um, so, so, so we have transform, which is, I feel, did we have transform already? I think we okay. Did. We got to look at, yeah, we got to look at the, the word generator cause it's, it's doing repeats, mm-hmm. which I mean, which is I don't weird. really know how to, how to fix that. Cause it is a random word generator. Just... And they don't, it, and it's really hard to like check every word if it's done before. Yeah, so, especially since we're on episode seventy six. Yeah, so, uh, but right, transform from from one state to another. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there is uh, advisor, which is a person that advises someone else, mm-hmm. and then uh, to scan, which is either like a noun, like a scan, right? That that all the information back from scanning the verb, yeah. uh, which is basically to look over things and either uh, take in information or um i think actually that's that's probably the whole thing yeah. um and then bend which is a a verb for one thing to uh go from a straight line to a curved mm-hmm. line or uh, you can get the bends if you are uh, a diver going from a very high pressure mm-hmm. 
uh, place to uh, low pressure to too rapidly, which is I think your organs rupture, yep, you will which die. is fun. You will die. Um, it, there's a you know bend in the river, so there's plenty of ways to apply these. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, all right, uh, Matthias, what story are you going to write next week? Right, so we are. I'm, I'm going to stick to the sci-fi, right, and uh, I'm going to write Transformers uh, <gasps> fan fiction because why Robots not? Robots in disguise, um, right? Robots in disguise. Uh, and actually, that's a mispronunciation. What I meant to say was robots in the skies. Oh. This is all about Transformers in the skies. Actually, what this is is a um, alternate Earth uh, where Earth is actually a gas giant. Oh, wow. Um, and humans never developed. And uh, we have a different sun. And all the planets are different. Um, and it actually takes place in the Andromeda galaxy. Uh, so this is just an alternate Earth. Um and in this one, the Transformers uh, have crash-landed on Earth, which is a gas giant, uh, and now are flying through the skies. Um, it, you know, they, they scan the local organisms, which are more like squid sort of things, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's what they transform into. But they do transform into cars still. <laughs> so they have two forms, and that's squids and cars, which are not super adaptable, um, which we found out when one of the... Well, one of the Decepticons, one of you know, one one of the joke ones we see at the very beginning, sort of like a just to set the mood, um, was at the lower part of uh, this this gas giant atmosphere, so very high pressure, right, in the squid form, right, and then turned into a car, and because the density was so different, sort of rocketed upwards out um, into the, the upper atmospheres, and it got the bends, and it just. Oh, oh man! Oof. It was it was rough to look motor at. Oil. It was rough to look at. Yeah, motor oil. They, their their optics burst. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to think of quotes from the Transformers yeah. movie. I wish I could. I'm really bad oh, at it. This is one of my favorite movies. I covered it on MediaMD. If you want to, on MediaMD, if you go back in the backlog, there's an episode about the Transformers, the movie from 1986. I was on that episode. It was not. It was, it was a fun conversation. What was um, the name for their like power core? There was a. Oh, they're they're uh, all spark. The all spark, which is well, that's a little more complicated. The matrix leadership. Anyway, I should probably just finish off the story. Um, so after, um, actually, that was Starscream. Starscream is the <gasps> one that died, um, which is the most tragic thing because he's the most interesting Transformer. <laughs> um, and uh, now Megatron lacks an advisor, and so he's gone totally, just wacko. Like he's he's not doing good. He's he's gone full squid, I think, and he's trying to get everyone with all his te- tentacles, and that's um that's the plot, that's the premise for the story. Oh, okay, pretty good. I I, really like I only took ten minutes to describe. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So my story next week is going to uh, focus on this old knight statue that. At the turn of the century, in the year 4,527, one day woke up, and this old statue harbored all of the old souls of those long dead on planet Earth. So so now there is this hollow knight walking to and fro with no aim whatsoever. Uh, mm-hmm. And... But all of this changed when, uh, quote unquote, humans, even though by by now they have and, and they have advanced and evolved well past recognition, landed on this planet. Of course, this 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 old knight with with his old souls, his his morals have bent, have bended, have bent to 
now see any sort of outside influence as vile and evil. So, so this one very quiet, very slow, hollow night transforms into this demolishing killing machine and and as quickly the number one threat when it comes to trying to repopulate earth um so so basically uh it, it was a five-year war between this one hollow knight and legions upon legions of these future humans each each one scanning the the horizon and trying their best to figure out a good tactic on how to take care of this vile evil well Mm -hmm. after they have lost so so many soldiers the the advisor to the galactic king said well you know maybe we could wait on earth for now Mm -hmm. we should nuke it Wait a couple hundred years and see if we can see if we can settle it then when the Hollow Knight is gone. So mm-hmm. the the very the very final glimpse of this artificial soul, Hollow Knight, is the glimpse of a city-sized nuke crashing down upon him. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a brilliant story, Jarvis, and I I can't wait to read it. And I. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. Also, did you did you play Hollow Knight? No, never played it. <laughs> never once. You should you should play it. It's it, Hollow Knight is the is the Dark Souls of Hollow Knight. Oh. Um so it's it's good. Uh and I think if you went and played it, which it was also covered on a Doof Media Game mm. Club, um that would be the do the the right thing to do. Do the right thing to do. If you did it. Yep. Oh, nice. Yep.